Hello, everyone. Hope you guys are all doing good today. I just want to do a little quick update. Um, that it has been a little over six months since I made the decision to quit substances. I don't know, about probably about like four months since I quit vaping, I guess. So four months in total, six months since weed, alcohol, everything. Uh, I, I did a lot of gambling with a lot of different substances in my day. Um, things like Robitussin, and Ativan, uh, weed, uh, amphetamines like Vyvanse and Adderall, um, other things, and just nothing more really than that. I guess uh, not really painkillers much, but a good a good uh, arsenal of substances that I indulged in, and I am proud to say that I am at six months now, and it's really it's a good feeling. And uh, I can outline my story, but like I don't think it's really much to talk about. I think what's interesting to talk about is kind of the emotional journey that I've taken, not only through it, but alongside it, that I've had a lot of emotional changes alongside this entire little story arc that I've been experiencing throughout all of this sobriety. And it's very much true, I believe the whole concept of filling a void basically in other words finding an attachment to something unhealthy you can do this with more things than just substances you can do it with a lot of different things you can do it with people that's where abusive relationships tend to come from you are feeling something a desire a need whatever it might be that seems to be more important than your overall health your stability your security and the battle that you will kind of find yourself in is sort of a fight between two sides, one that recognizes the detriment that such a thing might cause and the other that seems to cling on to it and kind of tells a story, you know, in your head that you are doing well with the thing. In fact, that maybe even this thing is making your life better. You know, abuse, it's very universal in that way. And I've noticed in my time with substance abuse, it was very much like an abusive relationship because I convinced myself often that this thing was okay, that at least okay, right? That it wasn't just some horrible influence on me or whatever you might want to call it. Some people will say that the drug or sub just the substance is not the problem. It's the attachment you have to it. And if you want to call it that, then fine. I would say the attachment that I had, the attachment that built up from needs that I developed throughout my life and the lack of, uh, I guess, meeting of those needs throughout that time, it culminated in me wanting to get something specific from these substances. And I would say, you know, general gratification is a part of it. Power is a part of it. Uh, I guess stimulation, you know, a prevention for, of, you know, basically preventing me from being bored. A lot of different things. A feeling of security, whatever it might be. And now that I've found those things within other aspects of life, that void you know, the, the void that so many people fill, it's closed for the moment. And it's even more of a relief to notice that the urges that I've had in the past when I was trying to quit substances, they're not present. And that's honestly just what's going on right now. Um, I understand the, the suspicion behind that. They're like, oh, why is it not occurring? This must just be a phase. Perhaps, but I've noticed that I filled this void with other things that are healthy that feel good to indulge in, you know, the hobbies that I have, uh, going to the gym, you know, finding gratification in the accomplishments I, 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 uh, I have. And I guess throughout all of it, 
I found that there's more to life than the base pleasures that I've experienced. In fact, that's just as, it's just that really, base pleasures. And, you know, at base camp, there's always somewhere to go up towards. You know, you go up and you rise above a lot of different things. And on the peak, you see that there's a whole entire landscape of shit that's so gratifying to indulge in. You know, just trying to be something that's worth being, basically, and not trying to emulate that feeling with substances or anything else. Now, it can be extremely difficult, and almost always is, to branch out into the unknown, to fill a void as big as the one that would be present if you're suffering from very strong addiction or dependency or any sort of toxic attachment to substances. It was very difficult for me throughout all the time that I dealt with it for the many years. I guess, you know, around like five years I was doing it because I'm, I'm 20 years old now. I'm turning 21 soon. About five or six years of me doing substances, like, it was difficult to try to set that aside, knowing that there was some sort of light at the end of the tunnel if I was to go through it. And it's just, I, I, don't, I don't really know how to properly convey the method of doing that because it's so personalized but i think finding some sort of fulfillment through gratification of whatever method you want is the most surface level way of putting that whole process of course adding on um what many people do is recovery programs and uh 12 step and all that of course i i would never want to set that aside i didn't do it because i just i i don't know i found another route but a lot of people can tremendously benefit from that. And it's not, I mean, it's not just substances that I've kind of, you know, treated, you know, that addiction. I treated this uh, food addiction that I had, because believe it or not, food addiction is very much a real thing. It's just kind of disguised as something else because food is not seen as an illicit thing. It's not illicit substances. It's not, it's not a narcotic of any kind. It's not it's not something that you would see as addictive unless you understood the mechanism of which it acted, and that's the same one as, as, uh, as substances, you know? You know, the dopamine uh, receptors, you know, just basic stuff that everyone knows about now, but you might have not known about it beforehand, you know? And also, there's just a comfort within it. There's a lot of security that you get unconsciously, I think, from biting into something that tastes good and just numbing down on it, like, really just kind of going ham on it. It's a powerful feeling as well until, you know, later when you're crying and not feeling too hot and you're, you know, bloated and you just don't feel right. It, it does suck, but I've lost about 60 pounds now. I think it's been like four and a half months. Um, I hope to tell the full story someday, but it's not really, again, it's not a glamorous one because I just kind of, I go hard with exercise, I guess. And I, I would have to think to articulate kind of the methods in which I took to do these things. But I was hoping, if I want to get into some reflection here, I was hoping that I would have an answer to how I would, I, how I did this. I, I was hoping before I did any of this, that I would be able to explain and tell the story of how Austin Etchells overcame the two biggest things that he struggled with. But I don't really know how to. Because I understand that to do that, I would have to step into the mind of me from that point, that time period, and try to tell him what to do, what to do about the eating, how to, you know, pick this addiction, 
and how to feel good with himself. But I do remember having other people do that to me, and I didn't want to hear it. I didn't think it was valid because I didn't think I was like everyone else. At least not in the way that, you know, would lead to success in any of these things. I knew there were people who had done it, but I didn't have proof in the way that I, I guess, needed. And that proof came from me. That proof couldn't have come from anyone else. But I don't know if I would have listened to myself regardless if he was telling me. What would I say to people who are struggling with substance abuse or addiction if I'm just some 20-year-old kid who toppled it and I don't even know how to articulate it in a way that could lead to any sort of, I guess, productive aid or anything? I don't know. But I guess what I could say is that patience in this life really is one of the great virtues because there's just so much time that is spent in the gutters, just wanting to desperately see the light and get out of that gross, thick fucking bullshit that you are in, you know? Just trying to get out. There's a lot of time spent inside of it though, and it's just very difficult to claw your way out of it. But if you have patience, that's one aspect of things that I think will lead to success, not on its own, but it's definitely, I think, an imperative because a lot of us, we don't want to really wait for this stuff, but we do a lot of times. We do wait. It doesn't feel good, but we wait to see what happens. And that's what I did. I waited and I found out that there was something to be explored here. And it was a sort of confidence in myself to do the things that I thought I couldn't do. And I don't know how the spark was first lit. I genuinely don't. It seemed to ride the wave of some sort of manic episode that I have. It looked like weight loss. So sobriety was easy. I had a very bad experience with it. But with weight loss, for example, it came off a boost of confidence uh, and also a drive from looking at my health and realizing that my health had just spiraled and that I couldn't, I couldn't live that way anymore. And I've done that before, but I think it was some sort of scare that I thought I was having with a heart attack. I thought I was having one. I, I wasn't. But I was sick of thinking to myself that it could have been a heart attack at 20 years old, that I had any validity in a panic attack genuinely being a heart attack and stuff like that. That seems to be what sparks things. When something deep, personal, and heavy sort of just comes across and stares you right in the face, you know? That's how, that is how I got sober as well. Like it was a very bad experience involving people close to me. And I couldn't bear the thought of ever experiencing that again. The weight of that burden, the darkness that kind of just loomed both inside and out of me. It was something that just completely fogged me for a while. But once the fog was gone, I saw so clearly that I couldn't have all this stuff, this, these base pleasures, these these gross things that I clung on to so much, I couldn't have them, at least in the way that I wanted them. Now, I said to myself on the day that the experience happened that I would never drink again. It was New Year's, New Year's Day. So I, I kind of kept the New Year's re resolution technically, but fuck, I, it wasn't supposed to be that, but I said it with confidence, with assertiveness. It felt true to me when I said it. And I just impulsively said it. And there was something about it that I just noticed was different. 
that I'd hit rock bottom in my life, that everything in my life that sort of built up from the traumatic experiences I've had, the lack of needs being met, all the attachments that I had been a part of, all the desires that I, I drove myself towards, and all the urges that I felt, they led to a rock bottom moment. And that, that rock bottom was low. It sunk very low. I had to get out of that. I had to make a climb out of that fucking hole so I could go to the surface and never go back down into it because I don't think it would have a bottom anymore if I did. That shit would have faded away. I would have fallen forever and I don't think I would have gone back and yeah, there's probably little handholds I could grab onto on the, the way down but it would be a bitch of a climb to go back to the surface and I just don't think I could risk all of that. And so with these things, unfortunately, sometimes they change through tragedy. They're not the only way. They're not at all. Do not believe it's the only way. But hear my story and hopefully understand that there is a hopeful aspect to these, these tragic things. That even at rock bottom, there's something to be found there. Like that rock bottom could lead to the highest peak possible, like it has with me. And I guess that's worth something, right? That it's worth something to look at these lows that we go through and understand the high points, or at least the high point that might come from it, that there is a high point and that at least my, in my story, that high point came from the lowest point of my life. Sometimes it just happens that way. You hear those stories and they often can be the most inspiring, but you know, sometimes they don't happen. Sometimes those rock bottom moments don't lead to the peak. Sometimes they don't even lead to anywhere higher than rock bottom. Sometimes you realize that that was just the first layer of rock and there's a bunch more layers to go down. Like, who knows? You know, am I, it's not, it's not exactly as simple as just, this is the worst moment that I could face. It's only the worst moment that you've been through, but you've still got many years left. You still got a lot of time and Hopefully, I personally can understand that there are so many different, like, so many more layers, like I said, to that, that, that bottom of it. It just goes much deeper than I could ever have seen so far. And that I can't risk falling back in if I can help it. I might not be able to help it sometimes, though. You know, th these, these impulsive decisions and urges and harmful actions that will come from any sort of thing that's negative or positive, we don't seem to have full control over the things as if we were just choosing to go to the gym or choosing to watch TV. You know, it's not just a flick of a switch completely under our control. And that's scary. It is. To know that a lot of the things that are so negative can happen without any sort of prediction towards it or any sort of awareness that's building up you know these things they they catch you off guard you know the experience that i had a very low moment in my life and i had to work very hard to push through it i got very low i i got suicidal with it too i thought it was over genuinely when the experience happened i thought it was over and maybe someday i'll be ready to share it but you know I, i'm very open about my stuff but there are things that i would like to at least work on more before I share them with you guys. But I think what's so important is just understanding these low points and trying to find some sort of positive outlook on it. And I know 
for people with depression or any sort of problem that they're experiencing they're they're just it's very difficult how can you have hope when there's no evidence for it how can you have hope when the people who are telling you you should have hope are doing well and you're not it's even hard to believe that they went through what you went through i'm sure it's hard to believe that i went through the same thing that you did i'm sure it is cuz you know you don't know me i don't know you how could i ever know but i'll tell you that i've overdosed before on robitussin i i have i almost died from it i think twice i've been through tremendous overindulgence with amphetamines vivance I've been through severe alcoholism, not through the amount that I drink consistently, because I'm only 20, I can't even buy it, but with the tendencies I had with it. I went through violence, anger, threats, very dangerous things throughout high school, and some of that stuff even throughout adulthood up until this year. Now, this year I have not, but the reason I haven't was because I found a way to push through these things through reflection and also the most important thing of all understanding that almost every issue that i've experienced there's someone out there experiencing the same thing or at least has that is a fact understand not that people are going through it to diminish your struggle no understand that there are others going through it so that there must be a way to get through it cuz i guarantee you there are thousands at least who are going through what you're going through right now and i know that about myself no matter how hard i think i have it and i do have it hard like anyone else i know that it's a positive that there are people who have gone through the things that i've gone through because that means at least one of them has succeeded just by the fucking odds of that and understanding that i can throw out a fucking issue that someone has and know that there is a good chance someone will receive that throw, that pass, clench it in their fucking fist, look at it, and say, I recognize this. That's what I think is so important. Because I know that I can get through it if there's someone here to tell this exact type of story that I'm telling right now. That they did it. And that it fucking sucked. That they wanted to die more days than not. That they thought hopelessness was the most suitable emotion to have that there was no hope at all that despair was their best fucking ally because they didn't deserve to feel anything better than that that shame was the same thing that shame would only be what's right for me to feel i could only feel that because that's all i deserved because i wasn't good enough and a lot of this came from the needs that i didn't meet myself the needs that i met with alcohol and drugs and a lot of the stuff that came with it overeating not being active a lot of things and i don't want to just sum it up by that because a lot of people don't like to hear that exercise is a very good solution even if they believe it because that's not the point right now when you're stuck in the lowest fucking hole you don't want to hear advice you want to hear this i get it and that makes sense it makes sense for you to feel like that with the experiences that you have it makes sense but that does not mean that you should feel like this that you deserve to feel like this, that you're always going to feel like this. It doesn't mean that. That you are going to push through this. Now, even that might be difficult to digest, but it's better than some advice to say, you just got to go out and exercise more. I believe that. I think that is true. But I'm not going to say that 
because I know whatever state you might be in might not be ready for anything of the sort because it's just not what makes sense. I think what's valid for any person who is stuck in a rut is just validity in itself, you know? A sense of compassion that stems from understanding. And I think that's what I developed for myself even when people couldn't give it to me. I understood my own issues, not only from my perspective, but from a perspective of others because I knew others went through it. it. There was just something to that. And I think I allowed myself to fulfill some of the needs that I would meet with food and alcohol and substances because I allowed more and more action to take place as a result of all the work I've put in, both by myself and with treatment and everything. There's so much to this whole journey, you know, of life, just life in general. There's a ton to it. There's ups and downs, and there's fucking lefts and rights. I don't know. You're not going to be 100% certain what the fuck is going on the whole time, but it's very much a journey. And a lot of journeys have, have a satisfying end. And a lot of journeys have very exciting, happy moments during them. But it comes with negatives as well. And I hope that whatever negatives you come across are met in the end with positives. Because it seems to be going that way for me right now. And I just want anyone out there to feel the same way. That's about it. See ya!